What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Brainy. This is we got a jam-packed episode. I'm gonna try and uh, hit these quick because you know we've got a lot to get to today. Been a while, been a couple weeks since the last one. We've had three weeks of football. We're starting week four football tonight. It's Thursday. Got uh, Packers Eagles. That'll be fun. But it's been busy. Been busy recently. Uh, I. I was at a music festival. The first one I ever been to was last weekend in Asbury Park, down the street from where I live, uh, at Sea Here Now, which was so cool. Got to see, I mean, got to see a bunch of cool bands, and uh, I learned about a couple new ones. Got to see some that I've always wanted to see, and it was just a great weekend. Been to two Browns games this year already. They've only played three, uh, one and one. So you know, you'll you'll take it. And uh, gonna get to more NFL in just a second. And gearing up for a big fall, I'm painting my painting my house this weekend. Uh, it, 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 I mean, I'm going to Texas, Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Gonna gonna look for some updates there. Gonna look for some uh, some suggestions from people that have been to uh, to the big game, the Red River rivalry, and uh, a, a lot of other things too. I got a bachelor party in the Hamptons for my buddy Brendan. A couple weeks before that, my cousin Adele is marrying her, her fiance Nick. That's up in Rochester. I'm going to Buffalo and Niagara Falls before that. Going to make it a whole vacation. Got some really interesting stuff going on. So uh, let's jump right into it. Like I said last week, See Here Now uh, was a really awesome time. First music festival I've ever been to. And going in, I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of thought the festival would be over Sunday like afternoon. Uh, no, it went like way into the night. So it... Uh, it was a good use of a sick day the next day, let's just say that, because I was like, you know what, uh, there's a lot I want to get to. Browns are playing Sunday night football. That kind of sucked, because I would have rather them play in the afternoon or the festival end earlier, uh, because I had to leave Dave Matthews early because I wanted to catch some of the Browns, but uh, I did see a couple Dave's songs before I left, so don't worry about that. Uh, he was good. The The big show was the Dropkick Murphys, and they did a Cars tribute which was so awesome, probably the highlight to me of of the of all the shows. The B-52s played, Joan Jett uh, played as well, even though my girlfriend said she was a little disappointed in Joan Jett, which I thought was a little surprising, but you know she wanted Joan Jett to be all over the stage, and Joan was not. Uh, but B-52s were pretty good, you know, it, they're exactly what you expect because uh, they're a little bit older too, but Dropkick, Dropkick Murphys was great. Dispatch was great, and our new favorite band, uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, they were awesome as well, and we were right up next to the stage for that one. That uh, was probably the highlight of, of the of the weekend for me, so it was really cool. We, we just got to do so much. It was a lot of fun, and, and hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for the tickets. This was a thank you gift from... Uh, from my parents for taking care of their house for the month of February when they go down to Florida. So it was a very nice gift. Uh, they came over. We watched Notre Dame, Georgia after uh, the Lumineers. That was another, you know, sorry, they played on Saturday. They were one of the big bands on uh, on Saturday and after the after Lumineers. Watched uh, Georgia, Notre Dame. Really tight game. Notre Dame uh, came a little short, but it was a good game. And it showed that, hey, you know, at Georgia, Notre Dame can hang with the big boys. So uh, they belong in that you know, top 10, I believe. And they're going to, you know, they'll have other big games too this year and uh, we'll see how it goes. But, but yeah, unbelievable time at sea here now. That was just such a blast. And uh, really, really looking forward to doing it next year because it did uh, brought a lot of cool attention to the town. Um, in other news, okay, so it <laughs> wasn't a lot to watch this summer, right? The uh, couple things I kept on pointing out were The Bachelorette, baseball and then just looking forward to football season and all of a sudden we're at the quarter mark of the nfl year i said you know about to start uh the um eagles packers game uh about 40 minutes till kickoff there and uh fantasy football not haven't hasn't really gone great for me my teams are okay uh but again it's early in the year i uh each of my teams is pretty different one league, I have Baker and Odell Beckham, and Baker hasn't really done much, so I've kind of slid a little bit in there. But I've got Cooper Cup, uh, I've got Le'Veon Bell, got George Kittle, so you know that team like maybe it'll, it'll improve. Uh, in my family league, I am a dominant, and uh, yeah, you know, but 
hey, these guys can't handle me. These guys can't hang with the big boy. I'm, I'm one of the only champions of the of this league and the history of this league. And uh, yeah, my team reflects that. Uh, and then in my league with my buddies, I got Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I have McCaffrey in both my family league and this one. And then uh, you know, cleaning up with a, a bunch of wide receivers like uh, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen. So you know, I I know you guys don't care to hear about my uh, my fantasy team, but having a lot of fun with that. It's early in the year. Going to get a couple uh, bets in too because uh, I I am starting to feel it with the picks, the NFL picks. And I'm going to do that in just a second, too. But, you know, a couple of things this summer. MLB playoff race is coming down to an end. There are about four or five games left for everybody. Uh, actually, three or four games left. Indians really kind of shot themselves in the foot last night. I uh, They did not win the AL Central. It's the first time in four years that they won't since the Royals were going to the World Series. And uh, that hurts. That That's a real bummer because... You know, this was a team that I, you know, has been coming off of a couple great seasons. They are constantly in the fight towards the end of the year, and they're not going to win the AL Central. And unless they get some help from Tampa and Oakland, and they uh, sweep the Nationals and win tonight uh, against the White Sox, they're not going to be in the playoffs, which is crazy because they could win 96, 97 games. They could be one of the best teams to ever miss the playoffs. And it's a real shame. Now, on one hand, you can look at it as, oh, this is just a blip. The Indians had a great season, and uh, you know they they in any other year would have won the division, but the Twins had an, the best season in Twins history. I'm like, okay, you can look at it that way, or you can look at it this. In 2016, they went to the World Series. The next year, they had a two-game lead and blew that against the Yankees, but they still, you know, they they were very close to advancing in that one. They could have swept the Yankees if they didn't lose by one in Game Three, and then you know, blow it with errors in four and five. And then the next year they get swept in the first round. And then this year they may miss the playoffs altogether. So it's a steep decline if you want to look at it that way, even though some of the season win totals have gone up and down from each year. Like this might be the second best Indians like win total in this run, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, you know, they, uh, you know, Corey Kluber broke his arm on his the first start of May. Carlos Carrasco was fighting leukemia, eventually came back from that. But, you know, while he tried to pitch through it and while he was coming back from it, there were a lot of, you know, bad outings. Uh, Trevor Bauer was traded midseason for some help. Mike Clevenger missed a good amount of time. And that guy, you know, he, he's having a, a super underrated season. And all of a sudden, Shane Bieber, who was the fifth starter to start the year, was asked to be the ace. So it's pretty crazy what the Indians were able to do. Lindor, Ramirez both missed huge amount of time. And Ramirez was unplayable for two months, too. It was he was one of the worst players in baseball for two months. And yet, they're still going to win 96, 97 games. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable what they've been able to do, even though it may not result in... A playoff run uh but that's how good baseball is right now is that you could have you know the dodgers the yankees the astros are 100 win teams the braves are knocking on that door the twins are knocking on that door uh you could have five 100 win teams that's it's pretty remarkable there's a there is just there's a huge gap in baseball right now there's it's very top heavy and it's very bottom heavy heavy so you know it's tough uh it's tough but we'll see you know there's a couple games left Crazier things have happened. You know, if the Indians win tonight, they're just a game back. They would just really need a sweep, and they need Toronto to beat Tampa one of these games. So uh, it's 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 not looking great, but it's not over. I'll just say that. So um, that's the baseball playoff race. We'll get to more playoff stuff when that starts next week. Uh, in terms of other things, the Bachelorette was the only other thing I basically watched this summer. It was Bachelor in Paradise, and. Uh, it ended kind of unceremoniously. I will say that Blake, uh, no one has ever had a bigger fall from grace. Chris Harrison nailed it. Um, and they announced that Peter is going to be the bachelor come January. And uh, I uh, I like that pick. It was a very safe pick. There were about four guys that I would have liked it to be. Um, I bet Tyler passed on it because I bet they would have liked him. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Um Mike would have been another good choice. You know, they've never had a black bachelor before. I thought he would have been the perfect first black bachelor for them. And 
and basically it was Peter. It was it was those three were the ones I would have liked, and uh, they went with Peter. So I'm I'm happy about that. And uh, apparently one episode is going to be at a Browns game. You heard it here at Reality Steve first, not here, but uh, so that'll be funny, and uh, that'll it'd be interesting to see if they meet any Browns players, if they go to a game, if it's a practice, what they're doing in Cleveland. I don't know, but regardless, uh, that'll be a fun little uh, little kick for that too. So anyway. Uh, other things that are coming up, you know, I, I mentioned we're right in the middle of college football season. We're just about to undergo a conference play, which is some of the best. You know, everyone's played you know, either last week or this week will be like their first conference game. And uh, I, I just love that because you get the old rivalries, some of the ones you don't know about all that much where they play for trophies that have backstories like the Floyd of Rosedale or the iron, uh, the, the brass jug or uh, the Golden Boot, or the Apple Cup, or the, or games that are called things like uh, the Battle of the Liberty Bell, or the Civil War, or Good Old Fashioned Hate. All of these are excellent, excellent stuff. And I'm going to Red River Rivalry thanks to my lovely, wonderful girlfriend who, uh, for my birthday, 30th birthday, got me tickets. She listened when I told her it's one of my bucket list items, one of the games I've always wanted to go see. We're going to go do that. I don't think we have time for a high school football game. Uh, we're going to be getting in a little late on Friday night. Uh, who knows? Maybe we can uh, catch one on Sunday or something. There's likely no high school football games. But, uh, oh, no, maybe go watch some practice or something, something crazy. Uh, take in all the football you can. Uh, but then we're going to the game. We'll be tailgating, looking around, maybe go to the Pecan Lodge. So uh, as we get close to that, I'll want some advice on where to go because – I want the full Texas-Oklahoma experience when I'm down there. I'm really excited. It's 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 going to be one of the best vacations ever. So it'll, it'll be it'll be a real blast. And then, of course, uh, the week before that, going to Niagara Falls and then going to my cousin's wedding. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. So, all right. Uh, th- that's about it on the quick hitters, though. I, I mean, ten minute, 10 minutes of quick hits. But I want to get to uh, a couple tweets couple tweets all right so nfl has been a pretty uh pretty busy first couple weeks of the season you know antonio brown started the you know started the years the steelers traded to the raiders everyone mocked the steelers for not getting a whole lot in their trade uh he goes to the raiders freezes his feet off in a chiro, you know cryogenic freezer thing then then says he doesn't want to play because of his helmet threatens retirement says he wants a new helmet, like from like the 40s or whatever. He's like, no, I want this one. They're making him get a new helmet. He's like, no, I want this one. Even though he had a year, it, it's it's all it's all clear now that he was just trying to be a problem because he didn't want to be there. So then, you know, Mike Mayock, the GM and one of my favorite NFL uh, network personalities, basically called out and said, hey, you're either with us or you're not. And Antonio Brown made it really clear. I'm not with you. Uh, he, he recorded a phone call with John Gruden and put it on Instagram. He called Mike Mayock basically like a, you know, called him out on Instagram too. And, and, and showed his letter that he got from Mike Mayock and said it was bullshit that he shouldn't have to pay these fines, even though he was holding out for a fucking helmet. It's wild stuff. And then Mike Mayock was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. You're suspended and we're not paying you your guaranteed money, which this was all about. So then what happens? A couple hours later, everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? We're about to go into week one, and Antonio Brown isn't on a team. Of course, the Patriots sign him. The Patriots say, oh, you know, the Patriot way. Antonio Brown's going to learn. This is all good stuff. This is what Antonio Brown wanted the whole time, which like really sucks that a player could just, you know, hold teams hostages. And, uh, you know, the Raiders are the big losers out of this because they traded draft picks to get Antonio Brown. And he never played it down for them. And then uh, and then he signs with the Patriots. Now, not all is great, though. He has to sit out week one because he's not like you know formally part of the team yet. Week two comes in. He plays for them, and they beat the Miami Dolphins. He has a couple catches, some yards, a touchdown, and it's like, ah, oh, shit, of course Antonio Brown's here. And then the allegations against him for sexual assault come in. Now, the NFL isn't really investigating it, or at least that's what they said at first because there's no criminal charges. And the Patriots kept him. And going into week three, they said, you know what? Fuck it. We don't want him. This is too much. 
Uh, Bill Belichick was like, I am tired of talking about him. They ask him every press conference and he just leaves mid-press conference. But it's like, hey, Bill, what do you think was going to happen? You got the most controversial player in the league on your team. They're going to ask you about him. And you don't want to answer questions? So Bill was like, you know what? You're right. Out. Cut him. Gone. So the Antonio Brown saga is wild because now Antonio Brown's picking fights on Twitter. He's calling out Golden Tate, calling out Fox personalities, uh, calling out Eric Weddle, getting in fights with these people, saying, you know, he's done with the NFL, but he's going to work out with, uh, you know, high school teams down in Miami until he gets his shot, which is like, okay, so you're not done with the NFL. You're just working out until you get what you think you deserve. He just wants to get paid and not do anything. So, I don't know. Antonio Brown's not a good guy. This is not the first time I've said that. And uh, it's pretty obvious to everyone, you know, because now it's it's out there and it is loud. So regardless, you know, that's just the Antonio Brown saga. Uh, in other news, you know, Daniel Jones has stepped in. He's now the starter in New York. Um, had a very solid first game against Tampa. We'll see how that goes from there. He's not going to have Saquon Barkley for a couple weeks. So we'll, we'll see how he does without a solid running game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger went down, so Mason Rudolph is in. Drew Brees goes down, and now Teddy Bridgewater is in. Uh, there's The quarterback shuffle is all around the league. You know, the, Those were three guys who were like, they're older. We want to see them get young guys going forward. And uh, turns out, that's exactly what we're going to see for a good portion of this year. Those three will be the starter. Ben Roethlisberger is out for the year. Drew Brees is out for like six weeks. Wild, gonna see a, a big movement in quarterbacks. Uh, of course, the Browns have started one and two. They got blown out week one, which really sucked because I had very high hopes for them going into week one. And they just, uh, it was a lot of talk, a lot of chatter, and a lot of penalties and a lot of miscues. So it's too bad they were in it. They were down two late in the third quarter and then just started turning the ball over in the fourth and really missed a lot of opportunities. Then week two, Monday Night Football. Uh, Jets started imploding. Their quarterback got mono. Yeah, so uh, Sam Darnold's also out for a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, and, and this one was just kind of a, like, it's going to be really hard for the Browns to lose this one. Uh, so they won. It was 23-3. to Wasn't very pretty, but a win's a win. And in the NFL, you don't get a ton of them, so uh, enjoy the wins that you do get. And then last weekend, they played the Rams. It was a very tight game. They had their chances. They lost by a touchdown. Uh, they had first and goal from the four, and they couldn't get it in. They didn't run it once. Um, they ran a draw on fourth and nine earlier in the quarter. They uh, had a couple of drives end in field goals that it looked like they should have easily been able to get a touchdown. One drive they brought all the way down to the 30 at a first down, got a penalty, and, and eventually ended up punting that drive which was wild because you think you're already in field goal range. You shouldn't be a punter. But anyway, Browns are 1-2. and two. It's um, It's been ugly. There's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of uh, needless chatter. Um, but you know what? One game at a time. They get the Ravens this weekend, and the Ravens are 2-1, and one, and they're, all the talk of the league is Lamar Jackson. But... If you can beat the Ravens this weekend, you are 2-2. Two and two. You're tied with the Ravens for a top of the division league, but you have that tiebreaker because you beat them, and all is good. And it's like all of a sudden, we're back. Now, if you lose, you drop to 1-3. It's not a good start. We knew the beginning of the season was the tough part. Uh, we thought we'd beat the Titans at least and hopefully beat the Jets, so you'd get two early wins. But we all know where the easy part of the schedule is. They end the year... With the Bengals in December twice and the Cardinals and the Ravens at home, you know, which will be the easier of the two Ravens games. They also have Miami and Buffalo. Pittsburgh now doesn't have Big Ben, uh, so they have two of those games. The Broncos are 0-3. You know, and those are all in the second half of the season. So if they can take care of, get enough wins early in the season, I still believe in this team. They're just not there yet. Everyone saw the pieces and was like, great. It's like you have all the ingredients of a cake and you throw them in. You still need time to bake the cake. And that's what we're doing right now. This cake is baking. Uh, they Everyone wanted to try it week one. You know, 10 minutes into cooking. Wasn't ready. Week two, you could see what's going on, but still not ready. Week three, 
not ready yet. It's it's going to take some time. And I think people are starting to understand that. It's just a lot of people are calling for Baker's head. A lot of people are calling for Freddie Kitchen's head because they've made some mistakes. But they're allowed to make some mistakes. They're still learning to play together with Odell. You know, Njoku went down. Higgins is down. They've had a lot of defenders go down. It hasn't been easy. The O-line has been a problem, which was my big prediction coming into the year. I said, why wouldn't they be good? Well, O-line. And and that's been the problem. Because if they would protect better, Baker maybe takes less sacks, gets less pressure. I don't know. It's only week three. So let's just calm down. But I'll say it's, you know, this this game against the Ravens, this is an important one. You know, the Ravens going to 3-1 and one would be huge. And then the Browns falling to one and three, while the you know the uh, Steelers and Bengals are both zero and three and play each other on Monday Night Football. So that would give the Ravens a nice boost and a nice lead in the division. Or Browns win, take the lead, and all of a sudden you know we've got a ball game. We got we got a race. So I'm looking forward to that. But there's more to fall than just football, though. Which is a little crazy, right? Yeah, you think it's just football. There's also rugby going on. Pierce Morgan, he decided to you know talk shit for some reason. Uh, earlier today, he tweeted, England annihilating USA, which was at the score they were annihilating. It was 38-0, um, which, you know, I mean, in rugby, you have to understand, when a team is just straight up better, they can score 70 points, and it's only because they're just better. You know, it, it, that's how the game works. If, if one country is better than the other... They're just going to put out a ton of fucking points because that's how it works in rugby. Anyway, Annihilating USA proves my long-held theory. This is Piers Morgan. Take all the helmets and pads away and international rugby players would beat NFL players at either sport every time. Hashtag England versus USA. Hashtag uh, Rugby World Cup 19. Okay, I have a problem with this. I am a former rugby and former football player. So I actually have, you know, a place to say something here. Because I played both in college, and uh, I was pretty good at both, too, for a, you know, for a time. But Pierce Morgan is, A, he's just talking shit because that's what he does, and that's what he knows works. You know, people talk shit. Uh, on the Browns all the time, and they know that works because you it's no one knows who you are. So if you say, "Oh, Daniel Jones is better than Baker Mayfield," people are gonna say, "Who the fuck said that?" And then you you know it, Marcus fucking Marcus Spears like he said it as he stared at the camera, and it's like, yeah, you're only doing this because you know good journalism doesn't work anymore. It's hot take culture. So. This is just a hot take by Piers Morgan. I don't know if he actually believes this. I really don't know what to believe with that guy's, you know, he doesn't even spell his name right. I don't know if he believes this, but if he does, first of all, number one, the guys playing rugby, you know, professional rugby, they, it's not that they weren't good enough to play football. It's that they're playing rugby because football players are playing football. You understand? Like, if there was no NFL and all of the world-class athletes of the United States of America had to play a different sport, play soccer, or basketball, or rugby, there wouldn't be a contest. You take all these rugby players from England and you put them in the NFL, only one or two of them probably make any teams, let alone beat anybody. So I, I, I wanted to do a little exercise after that dumb Pierce Morgan, you know, tweet. I said, you know, okay, so let's say the NFL had to put together a rugby team to take on, uh, the, the, you know, England. My first pick, I'm going Saquon Barkley. That guy looks like a rugby player, too. Those thighs, no one on that England team could tackle Saquon Barkley. Barely anyone in the NFL can tackle him. I'm starting with Saquon Barkley. Then I'm going with Julio Jones. Again, another a guy that with the ball in his hand, he flies. He is bigger, faster, stronger than all of you rugby players for England. Now, and for those who don't know rugby, th those are the things that matter. Bigger, faster, stronger. 
If you are big, fast, and strong, you'll be good at rugby. You just need to learn how to tackle. So the first two guys I drafted don't know how to tackle. They're offensive players. I think I could teach them to tackle, but I, I, they're too good athletically with the ball in their hands to not take. So after those two, I want some tacklers. I'm going Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, Jalen Ramsey. Boom. I got speed. I got guys that are smart, can read the backfield, can read where the ball is, fly to the ball, and do not let anyone out of their hands when they get their hands on them. Uh, and I'm sure that they'd be pretty good at getting up and getting to the next ball carrier after the ball is out of that guy's hands. I think those three would be great at it. Also throw in Derwin James. He's my sixth player. And if we're playing sevens, okay, so my seventh guy, I'm going with Miles Garrett. That guy hunts people down. He just runs through people, and if you are in his hands, you are going down. It's also a bit of a homer pick. I love you know the Browns, so I'm going with Miles Garrett. Uh, if we're playing 15s, put Miles Garrett at prop. Put Aaron Donald at hooker. J.J. Watt at the other prop. All of a sudden, are you ever going to win a, win a scrum, uh, England? No. The answer is no. I'll take Von Miller. I'll take Joey Bosa. Give me, uh, give me Landon Collins, George Kittle, Darius Slay. I, I mean, the list goes on. But that's, I mean, that's my rugby team. That's who I'm starting with. You don't even, it's it's just a bunch of running backs, linebackers, safeties. Remember, don't need to go offensive linemen because in rugby, you don't block. So I'm sure there are a lot of offensive linemen that'd be great rugby players. I was an offensive lineman. I was a pretty good rugby player. And uh, again, it's I think it's just Piers Morgan just saying things because uh, that's how he is famous. He says a lot of crazy shit. People fire back at him. It's a conversation and it's a whole thing. Okay. So. That's just addressing Piers Morgan and uh, how USA would dominate in rugby. Now, the other things going on this fall. There is more outside of football. We've got the fall lineup, right? Every year, there's new shows. Shows return. Shows maybe go to a, you know, there's like a spinoff or a sequel. Maybe it goes to a different channel. Maybe it improves a bunch. Uh, but it all starts in fall, right? Saturday Night Live is entering there like, you know, 48th season or whatever, maybe 47th. Uh, I think maybe it's 40 season 46 or something, but, uh, Saturday Night Live is back. You've got ABC. It's funny. Every time we watch Bachelor in Paradise, we see the same three commercials about eight times each during, <laughs> during the Bachelor in Paradise commercial breaks. And it's funny. It was like every time it was the uh, emergence, the one where the girl like controls powers through her mind. Uh, there's a million little things is back. It's a, uh, you know, uh, mixed ish, which is a spinoff of blackish. It's, it, it, you know, you get a lot of those shows, but if you go past those, if you go past the bullshit, there are some really good shows. So my top five shows that I'm looking forward to this fall starting tonight, uh, not going to, it's actually starting like right now, but I'm not going to watch it tonight. Going to watch it, you know, later this weekend, the good place final season on NBC, uh, this is one of the Michael Schur network of shows that probably gets the least amount of love. I know people love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Everybody loves The Office and Parks and Rec, uh, Community, 30 Rock. All of these networks of shows that have done so well. I think The Good Place doesn't get nearly enough credit. It's only season four and it's going to be its last season, but you know, at least they know, hey, listen, this is as long as this could live. We're not going to just hold on to it forever just because uh and i think that's gonna actually help the show because i think they're not gonna force anything but it's a great show i think uh anyone that wants to you know to a new comedy or something like that binge the last couple seasons and get into it before we're like midway through the good place uh final season and then you can watch them live all right uh number four secession wow okay um i'm still midway through season one sam and i have been watching this uh, just based on like, you know, people telling us about this and, and I was like, you know, what? I, I think we should try it. Watch the first episode. I'm like, I'm hooked. This show looks awesome. Episode two, three, four, we just watched six and, uh, episode six was incredible. It is intense. The acting's phenomenal. The writing is great. It's, it's Adam McKay, which is, he's amazing. And Will Ferrell, who the two of them? Every time they get together and work on something, it's something I love. Um, 
but I am uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about this, and I want to catch up to the live episodes. It is as intense as shows get, and uh, I'm I'm excited uh, going forward for Secession season two. Uh, number three, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season like 15 or whatever. These guys just won't quit, and they shouldn't. They should never quit because they put on one of the best comedies of all time, you know. And especially since a couple great shows have ended. I feel like, uh, you know, maybe they'll step up. Like, Veep is done. Veep was one of the best comedies I've ever seen, but that's done now. So uh, looking for something to step on it, up in its place. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, maybe it'll get the national recognition that it has never gotten this year. Doubtful, but, you know, it, it's still as good as they get. And there's always a couple really great episodes and a couple duds and then a lot in between. But uh, in terms of longevity... Boy, they've had an incredible run on FX, too. Uh, and, and you go back to their first ever episode, the budget was like $0. So it's pretty cool to see them like really rise up. Okay, my number two show. Uh, I'm watching this one live right now, and that's Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Talk about HBO show needing to step up for the comedy. Oh my god, this one's great. It's about a family that makes money off of like being televangelists. And basically, they're like million, million millionaires uh, in the deep south, South Carolina, but they're kind of shady family, and it's really good, and I highly suggest it to anyone that's ever liked a comedy on HBO. If you liked Veep, Silicon Valley, uh, and I mean, and any basically dark humor or dark comedy show, this one is one of the best. It is laugh out loud funny right from the first episode, so... Uh, check out Righteous Gemstones. And for my number one show, well, what is it? Is it the final fa- final season of Modern Family? Is it season nine of American Horror Story? No. It's Disney Plus's first series, The Mandalorian, a Star Wars story. I am so excited for The Mandalorian. Uh, the, the best thing Star Wars can do, and I'm, I'm going to do a quick minute nerd out here. The best thing Star Wars can do is start doing stories that really don't have anything to do with the original trilogy. There is such a vast universe that they could work with of characters that we don't know about that it's about time that they expand a little bit off of this story. The second trilogy, I'm sorry, the sequel trilogy, we'll call it, that they're going with right now is great, but... There's only so great it could be because they try to tie everything back into Luke and Leia and Han. And it's like I'd love to see them kind of break off on their own and do their own thing. And that's what I think The Mandalorian is going to be. Um, it's on Disney+. Plus, and it's not like going to be where Netflix where they release all the episodes at once. They're releasing one episode at a time. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited for this because it is so, 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 so good. And um, I, I'm I'm speechless. I, it's it's that good of a show. It is, um, it, well, I don't know yet, but I'm I'm just I'm just so excited. Is my point. I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm ready for a Star Wars TV show that's going to be on the edgier side. We'll see how they do in the Disney Network. I know Disney has been a little bashful with some of the properties that they've acquired from Fox, and now that they're doing. Marvel and uh, and Star Wars, they're going to have to be a little out there. They're going to have to be out of their comfort zone. Um, and hopefully they don't meddle too much. That's the one thing I'm a little worried about. Don't meddle with the things that work. So we'll see. But I'm excited, to say the least. So that's my number one TV show I'm excited for um, in my top five. And, you know, it, it, and I was going into the films right there. There is a Star Wars movie coming out this December. And I'm excited. It, it it's perfect because it's working right into the whole dynamic of what a, a year should have, right? In movies, you know, you know, like it doesn't it feel right when there is a Star Wars or an Avatar or some blockbuster hit coming out right before Christmas, you know? Like, doesn't that make sense to everybody? I feel like there are a good, there's a certain amount of movies that need to come out each year, at least for me, you know. Like, I don't need Harry Potter. But those tended to come out every other year. You know, Harry Potter had eight movies, and then there were a couple um, spin-off ones that were like prequels, uh, the Fantastic Beast movies that I didn't really love, but I get it. I, I understand. 
But like for me, I'm like, okay, I want first of all, I want like three Marvel movies a year. I want one in February where it's like introducing a new character or like a side story type thing. I want the big blockbuster one in like April, May, and then I um or maybe even like June, July, whenever they want to take you know bring it out. That's like the Avengers or that's like the big Captain America one or the team up one, you know, that one I want in the summer. And then I want another one of a no- another character in like November. All right. I want like three Marvel movies. Now I also want a space exploration movie. I'll get more to this later, but it doesn't seem, isn't it cool that it's like, okay, one year there's gravity. Then the next year there's interstellar. Then there's first man. Now there's Lucy in the Sky and Ad Astra. I'm going to get to Ad Astra in a little bit. But it's like there's always like a, a, a space movie now. And sometimes it's a true story. Other times it's a little bit of like a fantasy exploration type thing. And I like them both. I think it's super cool. And I want one every fall. I want one every September, October. I want a space exploration movie. That's what I want. So figure it out, universe. I said that I want a Star Wars movie in December. Okay, between those, I want a Marvel movie, and I want, boom, I want like a Bond or a Mission Impossible. How great would that be? So the fall starts, you get the space movie, you get a Bond or a Mission Impossible, you can take every, you know, every other year, whatever, or some type of spy thriller, something along those lines, right? Like you had Alex Cross one year, um, maybe if you make like Jack Ryan movies, or a Bourne movie, I don't love the Bourne movies, but I get it. Um, those like, you know, spy cop thrillers, you know, eight secret agents, something like that, that should be in November before the big, uh, before the Marvel movie. And then before the big star Wars movie at the end of the year. And then all you need to do is, is, is sprinkle in a couple other ones. Give me a June, July disaster or invasion movie. That's why I want, that's why I like, um, Give me like a high school college comedy at the end of the summer in August. Give me like a musical biopic at the end of August. Um, and then give me like a buddy cop movie in April that's like all fun. Or maybe that's like the high school college graduation uh, movie. And then uh, give me like an intense book adaptation. Give me that in like March. So that's like the typical year, right? You get a Marvel movie, intense book adaptation, buddy cop movie. Give me a war movie in May. Give me a disaster invasion movie in June, another uh, Marvel movie in July, and August. Give me the high school college comedy in September. Give me the musical or biopic. Um, give me the space exploration movie in October. Give me November. Give me another Marvel movie, another Bond slash Mission Impossible, and December Star Wars. Boom. That's that's what I want in a year. All right. I have the uh, the um, <laughs> what do you call it? The Fandango uh, A-list, uh, Stubbs A-list. I got that this summer. I, uh, you know, it, what, what stinks about the A-list, though, is, you know, you have three movies you can see a week, but you can't have them overlap, which is interesting because they say you can't have them overlap, but really what they mean is you can't buy three tickets in the same movie. So it's not free after, it's not like, you know, I can go to the movies with my girlfriend free every week. But if I go to two movies every month, it still, you know, pays for itself. It still, you know, saves the money because movies are like 13 bucks now. And you know, the movie pass is like $21. So, um, you know, 21 a month. And that seems like a lot, but for the next couple months, I'm going to be going to the movies a lot. And then if you keep going, if you keep spending and keep doing this, you then get perks and free popcorn, stuff like that. So, this is one of my favorite activities to do is going to the movies. And we are about to go into a gauntlet of movies. So without further ado, further ado, sorry, let's go into my future movie excitement, all right? For the rest of 2019, there are a lot of movies coming out this fall. I've seen a ton of trailers. Really excited for a lot of the stuff out there. Um, my, I'll start from 10 and go all the way down to 1 for what I'm most excited for. Number 10 is It 2. It Chapter 2. Now, this was actually originally a lot higher on my list, but then I saw, because of, I saw all the trailers, it looked really intense, but then I saw It 1, and I was like, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and uh, it, it makes me think that, like, It Chapter 2, it, it wasn't all that scary, to be honest. It was freaky, it was gross, it was creepy, but it wasn't, like, scary, and, 
I don't know. It, it, the movie seemed kind of choppy, and now I'm worried that it too, it too is going to be the same way. Although there have been some great reviews, uh, there have been some bad reviews, but there have been some great reviews. Apparently, Bill Hader's amazing. Apparently, it's long as shit, but uh, I'm still excited to see it. It's just not higher on my list because a I'm not super into horror movies, and b it one kind of like you know deterred me a little bit. Number nine, Knives Out, a classic whodunit by Ryan Johnson. Uh, he of Star Wars fame. I think this looks really good. Uh, it's it's you know looks like an updated clue. I think it's going to be a lot of twists and turns, and I like having these movies. It's uh it kind of feels like Inside Man, but of you know one family. Uh, Daniel Craig. You've got Chris Evans is kind of being the asshole for once in his life, which is cool because usually he likes being the like the classic hero, uh, not just Cap, but a lot of the roles he does. And uh, I think he's going to excel in that. And he got a great cast into that one, too. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, Knives Out. That doesn't come out for, like, till November, though. So I'm kind of bummed because I'm really excited to see it. Joker. We're, like, two weeks away from Joker. That's my number eight movie. Um, there's so much hype around this one. However, I just don't... I just don't, like... I don't want to buy too much in because from what I've seen of the trailers... I don't see it being as great as everyone's saying. Hearing a lot of Joaquin Phoenix Oscar hype, hearing a lot of like Oscar hype for the movie itself. I want to slow down there, but I'm still really excited. It's number eight, especially if we're gonna dive into more, um, more DC movies like uh, Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Whenever that comes out, which uh, apparently they're trying to get. Uh, Jeff Jeffrey Wright and uh, Jonah Hill. Those that would be two great gets for that, and I'd be totally on board. Um, but we'll see how those all interplay. Okay, number seven, Zombieland Two. Double tap. Uh, Zombieland was so fun, and uh, I like a good zombie movie. You can add that to I want one of those every year, but I think that's a little much. Um, and I think the second one's going to be a lot of fun too. It the um, Woody Harrelson's on top of the world. He he can do no wrong, and. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesse Eisenberg returns, Emma Stone returns, uh, the Abigail Breslin returns, and they're going to bring on some some other big-time actors. I think Halle Berry's in this one. Not Halle Berry. Oh. Um, whatever. I forgot her name. Um, but regardless, it, it looks pretty good. I, I, it looks like a fun one. They the, I like the one they, they uh, the way they did the first Zombieland movie, so I'm excited for this one, too. Uh, number six is Jojo Rabbit. Looks a little out there. I was saying before how Disney was a little skeptical to uh, kind of take on some of these Fox properties. Well, how about a little kid movie who doesn't want to become a Nazi and his made-up friend Adolf Hitler is uh, is following him around all movie, teaching him what uh, is right and wrong about being a Nazi. It's a dark comedy. It's from Taika Waititi, who's playing Hitler in the movie. Uh, Taika Waititi did uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's going to be doing Thor Four, more Thor. Um, it's it's called uh, it's called Thor: Love and Thunder, but uh, the lights, camera, barstool guys call it that, and I love it. So, uh, but Taika Waititi, he he is one that I'm like, I got to see everything he does right now because I think everything he's been doing has been really good. So, Jojo Rabbit, very interested in. It seems like it could be a huge bust, or it could be like a cult classic. So excited for that one. So uh, 10, 9, 8, 7. Number 5. Sorry for that delay. Number 5. So Jojo Rabbit was number 6. Number 5. Just saw this trailer yesterday. Came out. Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler with Kevin Garnett, Mike Francesa, Adina Menzel. This one looks intense. This could be Adam Sandler's best role yet. Um... This is being talked about a lot. A lot of people are like, okay, Adam Sandler, you know, we've seen him do good roles, or not good roles, but intense roles before, or like serious roles. I'm excited. I think uh, I think this could be his best role yet, and this could be like his best movie yet. There's it's he's a he's a he's a gambler and like a jewelry store owner in New York. I think that's what his, his job is, but it seems like he's uh, in in like debt with his bookie, he's got problems. Mike Francesa curses in the trailer, says it's the worst fucking bet I've ever heard of, which that's going to be played forever. And uh, it just looks good. It looks intense. It's an A24 movie, which, like, A24 movies 
usually pretty good, pretty intense. Okay, number four, The Lighthouse, starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. That one, I think, could be... Uh, it, it could be really boring or it could be really, really good. And I'm excited because I think it's, even though black and white, it's in that square frame, it's going to be a really good movie. And I'm really excited to watch that one. Might have to go alone, though, because my girlfriend told me she does not want to go see The Lighthouse. Yeah, she uh, she doesn't want to see Lighthouse, which I don't blame her. It looks like it could be a drag. I don't know if it's a horror film or just it's super intense. It's black and white. <clears throat> it, it might... It might be amazing, or it might be a snooze fest. Uh, I'm willing to take the risk, though. I'm really excited. Uh, number three is 1917, uh, a war movie. Uh, World War One usually doesn't get all the love of World War Two movies and you know Civil War, Revolutionary War. Um, World War One kind of doesn't get the amount that the other ones do, but this looks really good. It's got all the British actors you want: Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, the the King's Speech, what's his name, uh, Colin Firth, and uh, it, it it's about a secret mission where a couple young guys had to go and basically stop this attack before it happened because it was going to be an ambush. So uh, really excited to check that one out. I think um, I th I think it could be very good. And again, like you know, there's only a couple months left in the year, and that one has high high hopes. Uh, my number two, I actually already saw this one, is Ad Astra. And I'm going to get to Ad Astra in a little bit, but like I said, space exploration. I want one of those every fall. This one with Brad Pitt, with Tommy Lee Jones, who isn't on screen anymore. Uh, I'm going to get more to Ad Astra in a minute, but just I just love space movies, and I'm always into it, especially on the big screen. And uh, Brad Pitt, great actor. I don't really need to say more. I just, this is who I am. This is what I love. All right. And my number one, this is no, this really shouldn't be a surprise, is Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker. I mean, the, the movie is going to be the final in this last trilogy. I have my qualms about the new Star Wars trilogy. I don't really love the direction that they decided to go with and how they basically just redid New Hope twice with like the whole Death Star and planet-eating star thing going on. It's it's frustrating because I feel like there's so much more they can get to, but I think they're going to go that route in this one with kind of like spirits and uh, using the force to contact the dead and that, you know, really the dead are never all the way dead. So I, I think that's going to be really good for them and I'm excited to see uh, what's going to, you know, what's going to happen. And again, they have a lot to get to and it's going to be a lot after this too in the whole Star Wars universe of things but that's my number one in the future movie excitement rankings uh before i finish up the podcast it's been a good one been uh, right on time i got a couple one minute movie reviews but to do this i have a special guest that i i must have on who watched all three of these movies with me wait all three yes all three in the last couple weeks samantha my wonderful beautiful girlfriend and i have watched it chapter one Booksmart and Ad Astra. Sam, how we doing? Hi. You doing good? I just got home. Yeah, I'm doing great. Sam just got home from work. She uh, works in the big city. Uh, that's New York City, right? That's the big city. Yeah, the big city. Uh, okay, so which one of the movies do you want to start, start talk about first? Which is the first one we watched? It Chapter 2. Yeah. Want to start with that one? Okay. So, you know, I, um, I don't remember the first It back in the 90s all that well because I was scared as a little kid at a sleepover that I didn't want to be at and I was forced to watch this movie and it gave me nightmares. Do you remember the first one all that much? I, I remember it. Um, so I'm not as big of a scaredy cat as you. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I grew up watching scary movies. So mm -hmm. very little scares me. Um, other than like jumpy moments, which yeah. I think are normal, but I don't really get scared by the idea of things. Yeah. So, so when I watched this, I thought, it's not as scary as it is creepy. It was very like it was like gory. It was like messing with your mind. It was it was like freaky, but it wasn't like 
scare me type. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like when we were younger, it was known as like one of the scarier mm, yeah, movies. Yeah. But I was really kind of bored by the original. Yeah, okay. More than anything, so I was just like, oh, this long movie. Like, now, what about this one, the new one? So the, Ch- I like the that new- they broke it up into two chapters. I think that's yeah. a smart move by them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, you make more money. Yes, yeah, very true. But yeah. um, I was less bored. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I was not scared. I the only <sighs> I wasn't scared either. Yeah. The only complaint that I have is I kind of felt that um, Pennywise mm-hmm. was kind of like more um, cartoonish almost. Oh, okay. Like, I, yeah. I didn't find him scary I like at all. That. Like, yeah. It I, made me kind of laugh to look at him. Interesting. I like that complaint because I did feel like he was very animated. Like yeah. he was very just like like. And I guess that's what clowns are supposed to be. And his teeth, which are supposed to be scary. Like, to yeah. me, it was just like, any time the teeth came out, I was just like, this is kind of funny. It, it also just, to me, it felt like very choppy. You know, like, I felt like it, like, they had all these things they wanted to show, and, and it didn't segue well at all. I felt like they just, like, they just, like, placed them down in order, and it was like, okay, that's our movie. And it didn't really have any, like nice transitions because I, I was left being like uh like asking a lot of questions but well i think that's the trouble then with doing two <coughs> movies is that you're gonna find out a lot more in the second one hopefully. yeah maybe and hopefully so yeah that might be why are you excited to see the second one i am i think we should go see it yeah i think that they casted really well i loved the kids yeah um yeah. and i think that so far from what i've seen they casted mm-hmm. really well uh, for the adults, for those kids, so I'm yeah, excited to see it. I'm excited. I, 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 um, it's on my list of top ten movies I want to see this fall. Um, now, give this one a grade. It chapter one. <laughs> I would give it. I'm gonna go one out of ten, and I'll give it. I'll give it a six point five. Six point five. Yeah, like it okay. was enjoyable. Um, you know, for scary movies, I thought it was done well. I'm gonna go three out of five stars. I uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was that scary, which is why it's not four stars. Um, ooh, we got a possible concussion in the Packer Eagles game. <laughs> possible face mask too. Jeez, they're killing this guy. Coming to you live. Yeah, coming to you live. Hulu has live sports. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I would have given it a higher grade had it been a movie that scared me, but it didn't really scare me. Okay, so moving on to the next movie, uh, we've got Booksmart. This. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought the two girls, like, first of all, I think they got characters or, like, actors to play these characters that were the right age, which I think is often a problem I have with some of these movies is that, like, there's people in their mid-20s are playing high schoolers and it doesn't really look right and it just doesn't feel like it's a high school movie, but this actually felt like high school kids. Um, I I thought the characters were really fun. I thought the comedy was great. I thought Jason Sudeikis was fun in his like small role, and I just liked the. Uh, I, I'd like to see it again because I feel like I, I I enjoyed it so much that I wasn't critiquing when I was watching the movie. I agree. I so I mean you know that when it came out I didn't really want to see it because I thought Olivia it was Wilde. directed by yeah. Olivia Wilde and I don't like her. I think she's a sucky actress and yeah. I was like, well, she can't be that great at directing, but I guess those who can't do teach ah, hey, <laughs> or those nice. who can't do direct. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought it was a, a very cute movie. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, I really liked who they cast it as well. Yeah. And this is also Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah. Wild. Right. Because so it's basically super bad again. Yeah. That's the only thing that I have trouble with is like, which like I do like and I don't like about it. I feel like it is super bad, but from a girl's point of view, definitely. Which I'm like, okay, it's kind of cool because maybe this will launch her the way Super Bad launched Jonah. But yeah. also I'm like, okay, but you kind of just took your brother's movie and made it in female form. Yeah, that's actually really true. It, it, like, and and like you just said, it's the things I do like and don't like about it is that because I love Super Bad. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I have a very high grade on it. I think I gave it a 96 when we rated, yeah, ranked it. it yeah, it was up there. And, uh, I mean, that movie can do no wrong to me. They cast it perfectly. It's one of the perfect comedies. And this, they basically just tried to do super bad again. Um, it wasn't as much of, like, the happy ending for as you thought it would be. But it's 
it's very similar. You know, they had like, and this will include spoilers if we get to them. Um, you know, you had the one girl going off to Africa, which is just like Michael Sarah basically going to Dartmouth and them not seeing each other again. They had their own like, you know, interesting like paths to like try and hook up, but like, you know, in Superbad they did hook up with the girls, but in in or. Well, actually, Jonah Hill never really hooked up with Emma Stone. But you get, like, they were going after, like, girls in this one. In this one, the girls are going after their significant others. Um, but it doesn't really work out for them in this one. It works out in a different way, they thought. But I just thought the characters that they brought in were great. I thought the kid, um, I forget his name in this one, but he plays Gideon in Righteous Gemstones. I thought he was hilarious, like the really rich kid. Yeah. I thought he was funny. Um, the parents, Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow, great casting for there. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, to me, again, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of super bad in this one movie. But in terms of of high school comedies, like, I I think it's one of the better ones up there. So, all right, give me your grade. I think we're going to be a little different on these grades. I'm going to stick with my uh, 1 out of 10, and I'll give it, I'll give it a 7. You get a 7 out of 10? Yeah. Okay. I'm giving this one an 85. Okay. I, th- I thought it was, you know, a little bit higher than what you did, but I uh, I just thought it was really good. And if I separate it from Superbad, that's what I give it. I, I I will take away points for it being like Superbad, but I try not to associate movies with other movies when I'm giving them grades. I want to grade them on their own. And this one I felt was an 85. I felt like some sure. things could have been better, but uh, it, was, it was really fun. It was a good movie. Now... The moment we've all been waiting for. The review heard around the world. I am so excited to hear what you have to say about this movie. Ad Astra. Ad Astra coming into the fall was my second most anticipated movie. Because I like these space exploration films. That's just what I'm into. Um, I don't know how much you were looking forward to it. But I knew you wanted to see it because I wanted to see it. Is that true? That, it started out that way. I mean, we had seen so many previews for it. Yeah. To me... It looked like it was going to be an action space movie. Right. Yeah, I so know. So I was like, okay, I like action movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not against space, but I'm not all into it like some people are with okay. all like the gravity and sure. Interstellar and whatever. Yeah. But I was like, okay, this is a cool concept. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched the trailer before like we went to go see it. Yep. And I was like, all right, I'm excited. And I, you know, have kind of switched to being more of a fan of Brad Pitt since uh, Once Upon a Time. So I was in. <laughs> But it was a complete snooze fest for me. Literally, I had to wake you up. And you lied when I asked if you were sleeping. I fell asleep during you the You fell morning, asleep, and it wasn't just which once. Which I have never done in my entire life. I have never fallen asleep at the movie theaters. Which is wild. I mean, I've fallen asleep at movies before, and I, I mean... Um, I, I really liked it this one. It was so boring. So... I get it. There are long parts. There are boring no, parts. The but whole it was movie intense. Was long. No, it wasn't. It there was, was no in- intensity at all. It was intense. Guys, don't waste your money, your time. Brad Pitt was great in no. it. I thought Tommy Lee Jones no. was really good for no. his small part. I you didn't think these guys were good at acting? I just they barely acted. There was barely any There's a lot of acting. No, they was... acted more because no, of less lines. No, no. Just because there's not a lot of lines doesn't mean they're not acting. No, it was so boring. I can't even describe how boring it was. I'm so glad we waited and to then, the podcast like, to talk about this movie. Not even just the fact that like it was so boring, but like even Brad Pitt doing like the voiceover of what's going on was so boring. It was like and there's my father. I get those like, parts. Where, was, was those so parts were a little long. And it was boring a, and like just was like what's it was awful. I just thought the filming itself was really great. I thought um, the characters were really cool, and uh, I liked that it, it took place in like a, a near future where yeah. space travel wasn't as big as a deal as it is now, and that like you could fly to the moon, like you can just go to the moon. That can just happen. Yeah, commercial flights. Commu- commercial flights to the moon. No, the concept was really cool, but I think it fell flat. I feel like it, this movie could have been so much better than what it was. Okay. All right. So. You heard it from both of us. Sam, very let down by this movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought Tommy Lee Jones was great. I thought Brad Pitt was great. I thought the story was cool. I thought the ending was a little different. Um, uh, I could have, you know, spoiler warning, if you, if you listen, you know we talk about spoilers anyway. I thought they could have killed off Brad Pitt in this one. I thought that would have been a really cool ending because 
it seemed like very uh, fortunate that he made it back and kind of lucky. You know what they could have done? What? Just killed off the whole movie and never ever premiered it. Okay. You know what? I think it's time to give our grades and I think we should give them at the same time. All right. Are we going to do one through like a hundred? Yes. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have your grade? I have my grade. All right. I'm going to do three, two, one, go score. Okay. okay. All right. So guys, we got two scores coming at you all at once. Sam, Jake, three, two, one, go. 23. 88. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it was about 23 minutes into the movie that I fell asleep. <laughs> That is, that's the biggest score dis- discrepancy I have ever seen. Oh, 23 to 88, a 65 point difference? I think sometimes that you're so in love with movies that you're blinded by the flaws. I think that's exactly what, oh, I think that's what's right about it, is that I'm so in love with the movies I see what's good about them. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's what's wrong. It's like, it's like you're looking at a really hot girl, but... Like, she's would, awful, and she's a never, murderer, would, and you're like, oh, but she's so great. I would never. Yeah, that's what it's like, though. <laughs> that's the comparison. This movie was like, oh, it's so it's so great because it's space, and it's Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones, but, like, it sucked. It didn't suck. So you're going to give it an 88? That's wild. I gave it an 88. Wild. I gave it an 88. I think it was better than Gravity. Well, I never saw Gravity or Interstellar. I didn't have it as high as Interstellar. The Interstellar was like a 90. What? Armageddon was better than this movie. No, Armageddon's not good. A thousand percent. No, Armageddon's Armageddon's a a square like 72. Yeah, that 72 movie is better than this crap that I watched. I didn't fall asleep just once. I fell asleep like a couple times. You woke me up. I woke myself up. Then I was like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and roam around I thought you'd never come back. When you went to the bathroom, I'm like, she's gone. I thought about it because I passed by Lion King and Britney ran a marathon. I was like, maybe I'll just go sit in here for the rest of the movie. Oh, boy. Well, that's it for this episode. Touchdown Packers. They take a 6-0 lead on an Aaron Jones touchdown. That's it for us reviewing movies. Uh, Next time we come at you, hopefully we'll have a couple new ones. Maybe we'll have It Chapter 2. Maybe we'll have The Lighthouse. Ooh, Sam's excited for The Lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) The trailer alone almost put me to sleep. That trailer does look like it is a Jake movie and not a Jake and Sam movie. So... Guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Sam, thank you for coming on the podcast. Even though we disagree with scores, I love having another person on here, especially one as beautiful as you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're wonderful. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.